Welcome to the Week in Review, the Sourced Podcast, Week in Review number 86. My name is Michael Crutcher, Jordan McDonald, welcome. Hello, Michael. We're doing this one a bit late. It's a later one than usual, definitely. It's deep into the Friday at the moment. It's deep into the Friday. (laughs) It's deep into the Friday. This is perhaps the latest ever Week in Review that we've recorded. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, the sun's on its way down for sure. Getting very dark. Mm. But... There's a big weekend ahead in Brisbane because the Matildas are playing. Oh, cool. And that's one of the things we'll discuss in this week in review because it's fairly hard to move <coughs> anywhere in Australia right now without the Matildas being front and centre of media coverage. And that is, of course, the Australian women's soccer team who have reached the last eight of the Women's World Cup and play tomorrow. Yeah. You know more than I do. I know the viewership. You're across the viewership. <laughs> I'm across the viewership. I'm one of the the very small number of people in Australia that hasn't watched a game yet, I reckon. Not a game. Not a single game. And okay. it's poor form, I reckon. Well, there's a big chance for you to watch more starting tomorrow, but there are lots of people watching it, and that's what we want to talk about to start with yeah, now. Yeah, no, it certainly seems that Australians are getting away, getting around the Matildas in a way that we, we don't really see too much anymore. On Monday uh, in the Australia versus Denmark game, 3.5 million people tuned into that. Wow. Um, and that's 3.18, so the breakdown, 3.18 million on TV and um, nearly 400,000 on 7 Plus, which is a streaming app. They're um, huge numbers. Yeah. But not only did it leave every other sporting code in, in its dust, it's toppled every other major reality TV show as well becoming the highest audience for any television show so far this year. Mm. Pretty big. Yeah. If we go a step further, the Matildas game has outrated every NRL grand final and state of origin since 2016 and toppled five of the past seven AFL grand finals. Yep. So it's doing enormous traffic. And that's at number two, the AFL grand finals as well, given... We know the league grand finals of more interest Queensland and New South Wales. The AFL does get interest here, of course, but also, of course, through Victoria, South Australia, Western Australia, et cetera. So those numbers are very interesting. They are. So the total coverage so far on seven for the Women's World Cup is uh, 9.2 million on the broadcast and 1.67 million on the seven plus. And so we've been asking ourselves here, what's what's this all mean? What's this big cultural moment sort of mean? And Waleed Ali wrote a column in the City Morning Herald yesterday uh, about how it's unusual for so many people to like the same things these days because of how many entertainment options we have available to it's us true, today. true, yes. So he's pretty much said the culture has become more fragmented. Mm. And so he was remembering times when, you know, like the latest Jurassic Park movie was yep. out or Michael Jackson performance was available it was known by everyone. You could almost walk around the street and talk to any random person about that thing that had happened. Yeah, because you had, I guess, a smaller group of things to choose from to be interested in. Yeah, that's exactly it. So what he ultimately argued was that sometimes special events like soccer games or popular movies can bring everyone together and make them feel connected mm. again. And that's what we're seeing with the Matildas and the Barbenheimer effect that we're seeing at the moment. Barbenheimer, you've done well to get that into another podcast this week. Well done. And uh, it's also what we saw with Taylor Swift when she toured here because, as we know, getting tickets became somewhat of a national sport. 
Um, so the hope is that these cultural moments might inspire a resurgence of a more unified popular culture. Um, but Waleed isn't sure it will last. What do you reckon? Uh, there was an interesting piece that I think it's been quite remarkable this interest level and I must say I didn't see it coming at this level mm. um, and that's not because I underestimated the event I mean World Cups tend to sweep up so many things in their paths and I spent in about 10 years as a sports writer and got to cover some fairly big events I covered the entirety of the 2003 Rugby World Cup in Australia and um, you know spent time pretty much crossing the country covering that. So I got to see it in, you know, uh, Perth, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, different places in how, uh, you know, audiences reacted to that. Um, I've covered Olympic Games in Australia and overseas, covered the Commonwealth Games. And these events tend to take over the areas in which they're held. And there's this feeling of, you know, patriotism as well, which really gets people engaged in it. But the reason I thought this one would be a bit different was because this event just hasn't been on free-to-air TV. We've had the, the, Australian, the Australian Games the Australian on free-to-air games TV. Been, yeah. um, and pretty much every game besides that has been on Stan Sport where yep. you've got to go and pay to watch. I oh, said so Optus Sport, I think. Is that right, Optus, I think? I think you're, you're right. Got, yeah, you've got to go and pay to, to watch that. So that's why – and, and – when you have them on TV and available for all, like Olympic Games and uh, some of the other big events we've seen, people tend to watch them. They're on every night. There's this feeling of getting behind your country and they tend to sort of get a real push along that way. Yep. This one hasn't had that, which is why I thought it might not really hit those heights because it just wasn't going to be on TV every night and it becomes comfortable and you 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 enjoy that. So. It's been amazing how the Matildas have got this level of feeling behind them and, and and well done to them. Now, the challenge is now there for Football Australia now because mm. how do they capitalise on this interest? That's that's the big challenge. So, Because the Matildas, once this tournament ends for them, and we hope it's not uh, tomorrow, we hope it goes through for another couple of games, but Certainly. Wo- once it ends, then they, they all are professional players around the world. Some play in uh, prem- in the Premier League in England. Um, some play in other parts of Europe. There's a someone plays in the US. I think six of the squad play in Australia in the in the women's A League, which let's face it is a pretty low profile uh, competition. So, how do you capitalise on that? I think they've got three Olympic qualifiers in Perth in maybe October or something like that. But they're not against big nations. I think Chinese Taipei is one of the uh, opponents there so oh, that's what I'm really interested in seeing in um, 12 months time did they manage to really capitalise on this and how do you do it without having that regular presence where you can go to watch of course the Olympics are next year and that yeah, should really true. help but of course Olympics are there's so much going on that's it it's hard just to isolate one thing and that's going to be an Olympics which is a tough time zone for Australia so um yeah, I know you've had a bit of a look around at, at a, a Google search trend on it. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I understand your point with, um, you know, the opportunity that sits before Football Australia and trying to make this last and and become uh, something really, really special. Because currently at the moment, if you look at the Google trends and um, we, we're sort of seeing the attitude at the moment. So the, the team's winning, they're doing quite well. Yeah. Um, and on the day that those games are taking place, you know, the traffic's enormous. Yep. 
but the very next day it, it's not. So we looked at Monday, the Google search trends and three of the top five searches. In Australia, yeah. Yeah, you know, in yeah. Australia were, um, for the game against Denmark. You said three of the top five searches were Matilda's related. Yes, yeah. Matilda's related, correct. Um, but the very next day they weren't even in the top ten. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what... Oh, look, I think it's so interesting. It's just been yeah. something that we, we just haven't seen. This podcast is all about audience engagement, what do audiences find interesting, and they have loved the Matildas, which has been fantastic, and now we'll just keep an eye on what happens next. Look, we talk a bit on this podcast about streaming services and subscriber numbers. We've spoken a lot about Netflix and what's been happening with Netflix's quarterly numbers. Some interesting data out this week for Disney Plus. And there was a bit made about Disney Plus in the last quarter losing 12.5 million subscribers yeah. uh, off its base um, of around about 200 million. So it was seen as a bit of a, a big deal uh, globally, but we just wanted to drill down a little bit on those numbers because they all keep telling us uh, some stories. But Disney exceeded uh, the expected targets on earnings per share, missed its revenue, um, but it was down on its overall subscribers. But we've discussed this before, Jordan, as well on this. One of the big reasons for that is that the Indian audience, yep. and they used to have the rights for the Indian Premier League cricket. Yep. We know it's massive. They don't have those rights anymore. And if there's anything that's going to churn in big numbers in the world, it's India when you lose cricket rights. Yep. So that's not a surprise, and people knew that. I think they gained uh, in other parts of the world they gained 800,000 subscribers for the quarter in the US and Canada they lost 300,000 subscribers but picked up about the same number on uh, Hulu so at Disney looking at that the thing I found most interesting in this is just a, a couple of little things I wanted to mention um, Disney's talking about um, rationalizing the volume of content that we make what we spend and what markets we invest in. So there's Disney sort of saying, well, we've got to have a look at this streaming service when everyone's really throwing stuff in. Yeah. Um, and also they're looking at cutting costs, of course, but they're reporting and others will report this as well, that some of their cost cutting is being helped along greatly by the writers and actors strike at the moment. So that's helping them a lot on that oh, front. Yes. So Disney's saying it will um, put up its price uh, Disney Plus is putting up its price in the US up three dollars a month from ten dollars ninety nine to thirteen ninety nine. So that's a yep. bit of a bit of a lift. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to join in the Netflix password crackdown, trying to block people sharing passwords who don't live in the same household. So let's see what happens there. Um, I look, one thing I also wanted to have a look at. There were some numbers we had a look at this week. Uh, and this to me goes to show why streaming services need new content because. Dis the Disney Plus top um, shows in the last week in the US and the UK, The Simpsons was top four in both of those. So The Simpsons uh, was there. Let's face it, people aren't getting streaming services to watch The Simpsons. That's just something that's on there and you watch because it's part of it. It's not a headline act. Yep. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was their number one. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show people want reasons to to subscribe so I think in 10 days time um, Disney Plus starts a new Star Wars streaming um, series oh, so right. it's called Ahsoka uh, oh. it's a um, a Jedi series and it starts and runs from August to October 
get prepared to see a bunch of um, marketing around that because that's obviously what works. It's not The Simpsons or Bluey, which does good numbers in the yeah. US and UK, but that, that's that's what works. But you, your thoughts on that? Uh, look, my thoughts on this, I think you've covered most of it. Yeah. I'm really interested to see how these price changes, though, are, are affect audiences, whether it's going to have the same positive effect that it had on Netflix for these other ones. Yeah. As Netflix has always done, it sort of paves the way for the others to follow along. Um, and it doesn't always work out the same way. So I'm really interested to see if, uh, if their customers stay on and they make a profit or if they start looking elsewhere again. Now, we wanted to look at Twitter, sorry, X. X. We haven't oh, really had a good <coughs> chat about Twitter and X for a while, but you're going to bring us up to date because there's been a bit going on, of course, because it's Elon and it's Twitter or it's X or whatever it's called. But there's a couple of things worth mentioning this week. Yeah, no, there's a few things worth mentioning. And before I get to the updates, there was some um, an important sort of a shift this week where ABC has bailed yep. on X Gone. or Twitter. Just for ease, I might have to... F- between X and Twitter. Um, so, yeah, it's decided to close most of its official accounts on X, except for a few that they'll keep using. Um, the four that will remain will be ABC News, ABC Sport, ABC Chinese, and then the national one, which is ABC Australia. Um, the other accounts, other accounts that they've had, including the Q&A and ABC Emergency, have already been archived. Yep. Um, and even some of ABC's um, important journalists and hosts have even left Twitter because, um, or X, <laughs> as they were facing a lot of all of the abuse in the main comments, which has been reported about more yep. recently. Um, so the reason the ABC found, or oh, left, is they found a lot of the interactions were just becoming too negative and were starting to affect some of their programs yep. as well. Um, so it's to re- redirected all of its social media focus to YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and yep. TikTok where they have a larger and more positive audience and uh, they believe that these platforms are far better for Mm. interacting with people and their key audiences. Um, I think it's a notable change in that media to social media relationship. Of course, Elon had a sook about it. He (laughs) tweeted back saying, well, of course they prefer censorship-friendly social media. The Australian (laughs) public does not. Elon weighs in. He weighs in. Look, I just reckon the ABC's being being a bit holier than thou on this one and... Well, first observation is they had so many Twitter accounts, the ABC. They do an enormous uh, number of accounts. To, yeah, they, they seem to step on each other's toes. They overlapped. It, you know, I, I, I could never understand why they had so many accounts. Um, they had a page as well called ABC Communications, one of the many pages, and I'm still not really sure why that was needed, the ABC Communications page. But ABC has a crack about you know Twitter being you know, a bit of a volatile place. Well, go back and have a look at some of the ABC communications tweets where they would uh, be very unhappy with the reporting of a rival media outlet on some ABC story and then put out a snippy tweet having a crack at that story. So, <laughs> I mean, if you want to say you're leaving Twitter because you find it's, you know, it's a not it's not a nice place to be, well, maybe you don't want to be the snarky person and they're having a crack either. So maybe. they are a bit holier than now on that, the ABC. Um, and there is no reason that the ABC should have had a page called ABC Communications, which tried to settle scores with other media. They're the ABC. Yeah. You're supposed to be down the line in the middle, get on with your job and stop getting... Uh, 
fragile and you have your little ego uh, bitten. But there's my little rant yeah, over. Yeah, we struck a nerve. Update on uh, X continues, Jordan. Yes, yeah, so there's always something unfolding over at X and uh, this week is no different. It was Linda Yaccarino, who is the uh, CEO of Twitter at the moment. She found herself in the hot seat. She sat down for a CNN interview this week, which um, was, you know, designed to just update the world on how well X is going, I so suppose. Linda was the sort of big signing that Elon Musk brought across. Yes, uh, former big, chief of advertising at NBC Universal. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it was seen as a bit of a coup, but then she walked into what seems to be a bit of a uh, dumpster fire, as they say in the US. But uh, and what did she say in the interview? Yeah, so the, at the beginning of the interview, she says uh, that things at X are not only swell... But the platform as a whole is in a better position since Elon took over. Well, when you're a young journalist, they do teach you the line that says, well, they would say that, wouldn't they? Mm. Which seems like one of these occasions. It does. She spoke fantastically about the platform, which for months has made us... Uh, made news for its constant issues you know, with basic functions like displaying tweets and mm. its live audio feeds. And she went on to proclaim the app would soon dive into the world of effortless video calls and seamless online payment processing. Quite worrying. Yes. Um, but when asked about the rebrand 2X, yes. Linda effectively pretended that it was executed beautifully. It's worth noting that during this entire interview, she referred to posts on the platform as tweets, though. Oh, right, not uh, yeah. posts. Yeah, not posts okay. as they are tweets. now yes. named. But perhaps the most ridiculous claim that came um, was about brand safety and hate speech. The CNN host pressed her a bit on these topics and Linda replied with a straight face that 99.9% of the content posted on the platform is healthy. By all objective metrics, X is a much healthier and safer platform than it was a year ago. It may be that, maybe it's not, but it's your definition of the term healthy there. Yeah. That that might be the def definition. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, moving um, on. Threads. Now, threads. we haven't mentioned threads in a minute for a while, yeah. and it's worth having a look at again um, because it's, uh, it's the place that a lot of people rush to a few or maybe a month ago um, but are they still rushing there what's happening no they're not rushing there nearly as much and I should premise this by saying I haven't used threads really since we spoke about it for that first yeah. time on the podcast so yep. I have to open it up today to have a look um, I was pleased to see that the feed now has separate for you and following sections okay so that's really pleasing but I think it's come a little bit too late yes at least for me it has yes um, anyway, Instagram's boss, Adam Mossery, he posted on threads yesterday, very conveniently for me today, doing my research for this podcast. Thanks, Adam. It's well played. He's got a list of updates that are to come. What's to come? I feel like we need some sort of little drum roll here about what you can expect yes. on threads. So the ability to share threads via Instagram direct messages. Oh, well, See all been... the threads you've liked via a button in your profile settings. Mm. Sort the accounts you follow. And it doesn't say how you'll be able to sort them, but you'll be able to sort them somehow. All right. And you can add a custom alternative text to your photos and videos that you upload, which is, you know, stuff for SEO and yep. accessibility. But um, look, I'm not seeing anything there that's overly enticing. I've got, mm. I, I just don't see an upside at all for, for threads. Um, mm. I just don't see it competing at all with yep. the, the bigger platforms. It's yep. pretty boring as a product. Yep. And it's not offering anything different, no. really. Um, and all it's done is really coerce us into signing up yeah. and then holding our Instagram and Threads accounts prisoner. 
That's you can't, true. If you don't want one, you can't have either. And it's pretty lousy. Yep. Um, I also think about why people use social media platforms. And obviously it's to stay in touch with family and yeah. friends, but a lot of that is, a big part of it is also, you know, posting highlights to your life, getting that, you know, that, that gratification yep. or maybe going viral or creating content. People want that attention. And there's not one creator I've seen that's really taken to threads because you just can't go viral there. I've not seen it. True, yeah. Uh, there's no incentive to being on there. Yeah. And the everyday user, like me, gets on there. You either get zero likes and replies to your thread, maybe one or two from family and friends out of sympathy. Yeah. Um, so it's not even worth the effort for regular people. Yeah. Um, and TikTok, though, it's just as a competitor, it does this beautifully. You know, users know that for the time they invest in and, and the content they make for it, yep. they have a pretty equal chance yep. of um, going viral, getting that attention that they want. Yep. And there's better incentive there. Um, and it's also just competing over one uh, form of media. It's videos on TikTok. Yeah, so true. you post your videos, whereas your threads is your videos, your photos, your your yeah. texts and your links and all the other different things. So I just don't see how threat's going to work. Yeah, as they say, what's your USP, your unique selling proposition? Threads doesn't have one. It's just that it's not Twitter, but it's like Twitter. Pretty much. Which is not what it needs to be. Good summary. Jeez, there's a lot of cynicism in today's episode, isn't yeah, there? A little bit. The cynical week in review. Mm. Now, speaking of a similar topic, I guess, we wanted to bring this up because there's been a bit of publicity this week about Zoom, that great uh, trend that emerged from the COVID pandemic. Zoom yep. telling some of its staff to get back in the office. So we wanted Is that to right? Talk, yeah, so... Uh, Zoom came out this week and in uh, its uh, language wants a structured hybrid approach to work and people living within uh, 50 miles, 80 kilometres of an office should work there in person at least twice a week. 80k away, you, yeah. you have to get in there twice yeah. a week. And 80k of a Zoom office, you'd be there twice a week. Okay. Right. So um, now some of these numbers, about 12% of Zoom workers in the US were Fully remote in July, 12% not going to the office at all. And another 29% had the structured hybrid approach. Okay. Uh, now, this is according to a survey done by Stanford University, which has apparently uh, been doing this type of work for some time now. Um, now, the Stanford team had found, this is interesting actually because I'd never thought about this, uh, that remote work is far more common in English-speaking countries and far less common in Asia and Europe. So definitely in okay. Europe. It's a, so, but we've seen a bunch of these, I guess you call them tech companies, which Zoom is. I mean, you know, being the really sort of, I guess, seen as a pioneer of video meetings during the COVID pandemic. So Zoom seemed to do that. Microsoft Teams does it. But a lot of these tech companies are wanting their employees back in the office to some degree. So Meta recently said to its employees, three days a week, please, starting next month in September. Right. Google offering a similar thing. Uh, well, Amazon, um, it wants its employees three days a week as well in the office. So um, now one of the... Amazon uh, executives is quoted as saying, we don't have the data to back it up, but we know it's better. <laughs> okay, so that's... Uh, is that right? So, yeah, so these this is happening a bit. Um, I reckon this is so interesting to see what we're like in terms of 
you know, what, what do we think as, as humans about being in offices, out of offices? This is another example of that. Jordan, your thoughts? Uh, look, I think it's funny that Zoom's asking everyone to come back. Um, the big appeal for this hybrid work environment is that work-life integration that was created during the lockdowns. Traditionally, work and life were separate or are separate, but the lockdowns, they blended the two together yep. and meant that people had the flexibility and, and autonomy to include self-care, social connection and, and some hobbies in their day-to-day. Yeah. Um, now, they essentially developed new routines that they're not really willing to sacrifice at this point. Um, for me personally, I, I love getting the the unexpected message saying I can work from home. doesn't happen too often, but Michael does <laughs> grace me with one of those every now and then. I'll have a – because I have a really great setup at home in a really productive space. And, you know, some days you can feel more productive in that in that familiar space. This is like a, this is like a pitch. Is for, it? It's like a pitch, yes. He's picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> And at the same time, in the uh, in the background, I can catch up on things like a bit of washing, keeping the cats company, do some dinner prep, or you know, eat a decent lunch, prepare a decent lunch, you know, during a break. You know, I can totally see the appeal for those younger people, and it is predominantly younger people that are um, that are wanting to stay at home. It's true. Now, look, you're going to have to talk to Wainsley about that. Oh, it's at okay. Length. But look, I want I to say, like in here. I don't have data to back it up, but I know it's better. <laughs> okay, that's that's just that's what I'm I'm saying here. Um, now we're going to introduce to wrap up this week in review. We're going to go back to the celebrity magazine covers, which we didn't do last week. But we're also going to start to look at some of the big, I guess, trending terms on Google in Australia. We're going to introduce this. So just having a quick look at the at the week gone back here. You got? mentioned earlier on the Monday Australia played Denmark in the women's soccer, and three of the top five searches uh, were were on the soccer now look uh just want to go back to yesterday yeah there was the biggest search of the week in australia according to google jordan take it away yeah number one was this yesterday's lil tay and if you're not familiar with lil tay it is a young 14 year old girl who you know became viral online because she was you know flashing money and flashy things that her parents owned she was doing some rapping anyway the news came out uh, not yesterday, the day before, that she and her brother, who's 21, were killed. And there was some issue between the parents. Anyway, right. it's come out today that her account was hacked and she's alive and well and her brother is also. So that was a spark behind what looks to be the biggest search term in Australia this week on it Google. Is. Swift is in there again, of yeah, course. The Maui bushfires getting a fair bit of coverage as well. Um, Interesting crime does write the terrible story in Rockhampton about a young yes. mum and her baby being killed. That's getting a fairly prominent Google search term as well as some other uh, ones. The mushroom poisoning incident in Victoria. Oh. Again, that's been getting a fair bit of traffic as well. So Australians love that crime. That they, they will go and look at crime that might be a bit different uh, to others. Um, the other terms are pretty much what we thought. A meteor flashing through in Melbourne the other night or it might have been some space junk was there. So anyway, we're going to look at those from week to week because they tell us a lot about uh, ourselves as a country. Now, Jordan, New Idea has got some explosive things on the front cover this week and I don't say that lightly. I feel as though I should say explosive with an exclamation mark behind it. What is happening in your idea. 
Your idea, we have Harry Leaves America. Is it over? Big photo of Harry, little photo of Megan. She's not looking too great. She's not happy. She's not happy. Is it over? And that's a question mark, not an exclamation mark on that one. Yes. Above that, though, we got at home with Ash and baby Barty. Time has flown by. It looks like there's some photos. Yeah, and... um, I can't read what that says in the middle there, that little bubble. One month already. Your eyes are better than mine. That baby is growing quickly. I don't know if they're exclusive photos. I'm guessing they're not because you would make them the big story otherwise. That would no. be the big story. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Carl and Koshi, mates no more. Well, this is big, obviously. Well, I looked this up. I understand what this is about. It's a, it's a joke that Carl made. Oh, so Koshi and Carl, are they still mates? Oh, I assume they're still mates, but I think um, it was a little below-the-belt joke. Um, right. About something Koshi watches. Um what we got at the top there? The block contestant secret past with Hamish. Secret past. Now, I think that uh, New Ideas Got Woman's Day covered this week. Uh, the big one is the Royals and Woman's Day. Uh, Anne tells devastated Charles, I have to step down. I'm not sure if that's stepping down off a ladder or something, but she's stepping down from something. That's obviously some bad news. Now, interesting one here. BG's exclusive, a missing member of the BGs is found in Brisbane. Did you know there was a missing member of the BGs? <laughs> oh, I didn't. We joked about this before too. I said he might have just gone down to the pub and wanted to be left alone. Maybe he did. I didn't know there was a missing member. I've not oh, seen well, signs up. No, <laughs> I haven't seen anything either. But uh, anyway, the missing member of the BGs has been found, which is a red letter day for BGs fans. How's, how's the weekend looking? Uh it's looking very solo. I've got work tonight and tomorrow, but Shannon's away from tonight and tomorrow night for a hen's weekend. Oh, wow. So it's just me and the cats this weekend. It's going to be very big then. With the Matildas on, sport everywhere. Should be a good weekend. We'll see you next week. See you then.